This is episode 228 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of Two Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know, if you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms, my top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor, how to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, key strategies for your partner to support you during labor, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, meditation tracks for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to bumptobirthmethod.com to see what other expecting moms have said about bump to birth and to enroll today. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And today I'm excited to chat with Andrea Schleibaum, who recently gave birth to her third little one this past summer. And we met this past year when she went through my Bump to Birth Method online program. And so I'm so grateful to her to share her pregnancy, her birth experiences, because we're always having people ask to hear more, to hear a variety of stories and experiences. Um, so, so grateful to, uh, to have you on and welcome, Andrea. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. And it was great too to connect um, as you went through the program that you're also a physiotherapist and that you're looking to go into women's health and pelvic health, which is so needed. Yeah, I'm actually so looking forward to kind of shifting and transitioning to yeah, women's health. And this course definitely made me excited about it. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? Cause we do have professionals and then we also have people in the community who are thinking of conceiving pregnant or postpartum. So anything you'd like to share more about yourself would be great. 
Yeah. So I have been a physical therapist for about 10 years and I have three little ones now. Um, I have a four-year-old and almost three-year-old and a five-month-old. And I live like 45 minutes outside of Boston. Yeah, actually right now I am not working. Um, my last day of work was when the shutdown of COVID happened and I'm looking forward to getting back to work, but actually the last couple of years of, um, kind of just my own personal process through, um, physical therapy for myself, I just became really passionate about women's health. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to transitioning over the next year to be a women's health physical therapist. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And uh, we were chatting before we hit record, but some of the courses Andrew is going to be taking coming up. So excited for you because I do find, you know, being an orthopedic physio before that and then adding on these elements just really makes a big difference in your practice. So, so, so excited. And so why don't we dive in first into what were your previous two pregnancies like? So kind of like physically, mentally, emotionally, what did they feel like? Yeah. So my overall, I had relatively uneventful pregnancies. Um, my first and my second, I was working full time. So on my feet a lot. Um, obviously I got pregnant with my second one when my first one was only about 10 months. So I was with the second one, it was probably just, you know, more fatigue throughout it just because I had a little one at home, but overall the pregnancies were, relatively uneventful, just, um, worked all the way up till 40 weeks with both of them, like basically till I was in labor. So, um, that's, yeah, one of the main differences between that and my third. Yeah, totally. And I remember that with my second, you just have this new level of fatigue when it's, Mm -hmm. you already have another little one running around and it's true with being a physio, like you're constantly, it's a very involved job physically, but also mentally and emotionally too. Right. So how did, how did things go in terms of preparing for birth with your first two? Yeah. So my, I didn't really prepare for birth for my first two. Um, my first, I was just, I think I was just nervous. And so I just went into it kind of blindly. I chose not to take courses because I thought that that would make me have more fear of labor and delivery. And so I just figured if I didn't know it would be better. And so that's kind of how I went to my first and how I went to my second was I already have given birth once. So it can't be that much different. So I kind of went in with like, well, I have experience as my background, so I'll be fine. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how I went into my first two births. Yeah. Neither, neither were great as far as like, I just didn't feel good about the way that I went into either of them. So with the third, I was like, it just has to be different. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that though. Cause I do think uh, there are a lot of people who have that experience, right? They're like, I just want to go in and see. And if I plan and if things don't go as planned, then I'm going to be really disappointed. Like, is that kind of mm-hmm. how you were feeling too? Like better just totally. not to plan. Yeah. Better not yeah. to plan, no birth plan, just let it ride, feel it out. But not planning was like not a good plan. I just feel like there could have been some more preparation involved. And because really what happened was I just didn't know what was happening. And I just felt like I wasn't even a part of the whole mental process of labor because I was like, 
I don't know what is going on. And so like I was purposefully not planning, but I regretted it. <laughs> and it, it helps to get some context too, in terms of, did you have the same provider for both of those I births? Did. did you give birth at the same, like, were you living in the same place? Okay. Yeah. No. All the same. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how did those first two birth experiences go? Yeah. So my first, I was in labor, like, you know, false labor, they call it for like three days. So, um, I did go to the hospital. They checked me. They said, you're at one centimeter, just go home. I was like, so over, I was like nine days over and I was like, this is crazy. And so I just, when I was really in labor, I just kind of waited as long as possible. Cause I didn't want to get sent home and went there. And I was like, I mean, essentially like pushing. So it was just like, so I, so I got there and they were kind of like, don't push, you shouldn't push. So I got an epidural and I almost at like 10 centimeters. And, um, once I got an epidural, I was almost able to like come back into my own like brain space and just like, what is going on? But, um, yeah, I just threw out the, like that intense period of labor and transition that now I understand and pushing, I mean, my body was pushing. Um, I was just like, what is going on? And so that didn't feel good. So yeah. So delivery was, was good. I had an epidural and I didn't have to push for a long time. I did have a decent amount of tearing, um, and which led to like some of my postpartum problems afterwards, as far as like returning to exercise and things like that. But the delivery itself, um, was, was okay. And, but I just didn't feel like I had any idea what was going on with my body. So that was my first, my second, I actually had the stomach bug also when I was in labor, which is just not a good combination. So I was in labor. It felt very controlled in the sense that I just had more awareness of what was going on. There was like pauses in between contractions. So I just felt like I was doing okay, but I was throwing up because I was had the stomach bug. So I elected for the epidural and I, he basically, I just was like, went super hypotensive, like blood pressure, totally bottomed out that like tunneling your feel like you're going under. And that was awful, also awful. And so, um, it took them hours to kind of like get me stabilized again from like a stomach bug and blood pressure thing. So I just remember just being like, I'm laboring, which I couldn't feel so much because of the epidural, but I was like, I felt like I was totally absent again because I was both hypotensive and had the stomach bug. So, um, her delivery went okay, but I had a lot of clots afterwards and they had to remove them. And so, um, I was really like, I had an iron deficiency for a long time afterwards. So anyways, the, between the hypotension and then the clots after delivery, that delivery was pretty traumatic, like emotionally. So those two led up to me thinking maybe I could do things differently with my third. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Those are very, and two very different ones. Like, so I'm curious with the second, like, did you have the stomach bug then go like before you went into labor? And it was just, I, my daughter had it the day before. And so I was in labor all night and then I got to the hospital and I was like, I'm just so nauseous. And then I started throwing up and realized that probably this isn't labor. This is probably 
stomach mm. bug. So oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. And how was it? Cause with both of those, did you feel the staff was like explaining what was going on or options or things like that? Or like, how was your experience with support in that way of just being like an active part, even though you didn't plan ahead, but did you feel in it that you were being given information to make choices? I did, but I feel like I didn't have enough time in the hospital either time to even really think about anything. Like I just got there so late with my first and with my second, I was like, once I had the epidural and I was hypotensive, I felt like I wasn't even there anyways. So, so I did feel like they did a good job explaining things. I actually feel like I had a really good hospital experience and they took good care of me, but, um, I felt like for myself, I could have, it could just could have been better. Yeah. And how was, how was postpartum with both of them? Yeah. My first, um, I would say was pretty average until I started running and knowing what I know now, I just was running way too early. You know, the whole, let's get your body back. I was really a big athlete before. And so I ran like a half marathon within like a few months of having her. I had tons of incontinence, tons, 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 and, um, just figured it would get better. It would get better. And it did a little bit, but I basically just couldn't, couldn't run. And then I, but then I got pregnant with my second, couldn't run without symptoms. Then I got pregnant with my second. So I was like, well, maybe as a, like, I'll get PT after this one. But then after that, after her, I had pretty significant both incontinence and prolapse. And that was partially because of a lot of things, carrying two kids, um, using the wrong support, like belly wraps or supports, but also, um, because I was so anemic and taking so much iron, I had constipation. So it was kind of like a perfect storm for some pretty serious prolapse after, which was really what made me be like, okay, this is crazy. I know enough to, that this is all not right. So that's when I went to PT yeah, to a women's health PT. And it was like totally life-changing. Yeah. How far after your second, then did you go to a public PT? you know, like eight weeks because, or maybe 10 weeks, but postpartum. So pretty early because at six weeks I was already having prolapse. I was having incontinence again. And I went to my OB and that was when I was disappointed because as a PT, I knew that this is not right. And they just kind of were like, well, you know, between the estrogen and breastfeeding, like give it time. And I was like, I, this, I can't give this time. This is like not okay. And so anyways, I just booked an appointment myself for a, which they gave me a script for, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty early. Yeah. And how was that experience kind of, did you see them for a bit to deal with the incontinence and prolapse and like, get you back to running, feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. I probably honestly went five or six visits in total. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a significant, but you know, the time in between to, do the exercises. And, um, I mean, as a PT, I still was like, I don't know all these things. These are not, these are not things that I just inherently know between the breathing exercises and just the whole core canister. I mean, you know, certainly once it's explained, it makes sense to me in my PT mind, but I was like, this is not things that I just knew. And so anyways, yeah, I was back to everything, playing sports and, running with no symptoms and no prolapse. And I mean, it was just so encouraging. Yeah. I was like, 
this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I bet that was probably a big part of like that wanting to go into women's health because oh, sure. it's so incredible to work with clients and see those experiences and those light bulb moments. And I think it's great for people listening to the podcast to know if you're having incontinence, if you're having prolapse symptoms, like you can get back to all these things for sure. And like, I find my clients postpartum, all the training we do to get back to running, they feel better running postpartum than they ever did pre-pregnancy. Oh yeah. Well, that's yeah. so awesome to hear. It's yeah. kind of you, you had all that addressed before your third. Right. right. And so how was your third pregnancy different than your first two kind of that physical, mental, emotional side, but then yeah. also in your preparation for your third birth? Yeah. I just think I had so much more respect for my pelvic floor <laughs> and I just so care. I mean, just the small, simplest things. And it wasn't a lack of movement or exercise. It was just changing it and just respecting what my body was doing and the changing body and listening to my body. And the one advantage I had then was because of COVID, I was not on my feet for 40 hours a week working. And that obviously was helpful too, but I just, I mean, my pregnancy was just so much, it felt so much healthier mentally, physically, emotionally. I felt I did the whole bump to birth course. I felt like I was, it was preparing me. It gave me so much information as far as just like what, what things to expect, what to be working on now, just all sorts of things. So it was definitely the best. That's so great to hear yeah. just how it was different heading in to this right. one. When did you join? Remind me when you did in your pregnancy. I think when I was like 24 in? weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like in your second trimester, right? Because right. I think often in society too, is like, oh, wait till 36 weeks and then start thinking about birth. But with birth being such a big event Huge. and life-changing event, like what other times that we have these big events that we only give ourselves a couple of weeks? Right. Um, so I think that was really great starting at that point. And then you had steps, right. To build strategies, exercises and that as well. Um, yeah. and so how then did your third, uh, third birth go? Yeah. So it's so funny. Cause you know, this is just how birth goes. You can't, you can only plan so much. Um, you just, yeah, every birth is different. So I, ended up getting induced. So I had not been induced for either of my other, and I was making zero progress at 41 weeks. And, um, there were like a couple other factors that led into why I had to get induced at 41 weeks, but I felt really good about it. Actually the bump to birth course gave me a lot of information about being induced, which was really helpful. That happens fast. Yeah. So I went to the hospital and they did cervical softener. I, was grateful that I really just needed a cervical softener. And then labor kind of was starting to pick up and, um, she broke my water at eight o'clock and at 11, he was born and it was so fast and intense, which I knew going into it. And I used a lot of the techniques, especially between like eight to nine o'clock. And then by nine o'clock, it was <laughs> you know, like to full on, I was pushing again, kind of similar to my first, my body was just pushing him out, which is just, just amazing. Your body knows how to deliver a baby. I ended up electing for an epidural that they gave to me and it didn't even work. He was already out. Like he, like they, it 
didn't, yeah, didn't work. So they gave it to me and they were like, you know, you should be feeling a little relief. And I was still pushing and I was like, nope, no relief. And they were like, actually keep pushing. This is him coming out. So like five minutes later, he was out. It was just by so far the best birth. <laughs> oh, that yeah. is, that's so great to hear. And just, yeah, yeah, the steps and even about being induced, because a lot of people, yeah. again, don't hear about it till the end, you would learned about it ahead of time in different, different ways induction may happen questions right. to ask with that. And in terms of just like how quickly things happen, because everyone's a bit different. So right. do you remember from the induction, the interview? Because I know you mentioned when you messaged me after, like the expert interviews were really helpful. So did you find, had you asked your care provider questions about induction or feeling as comfortable, it sounds like, as you were with it? Like, yeah. did you find there were anything specific that helped with that? I asked a lot of questions and I really appreciated the, I just felt like equipped to ask questions. And like, I definitely tend to be a person that wouldn't ask a lot of questions, but I felt like because I had some knowledge going into it and because I almost knew the questions to ask, and even that question, what if I did nothing? Or what if I gave it more time? I asked that multiple times and I appreciated that that was very much an option plenty of times. Sometimes I elected yes, sometimes I elected no, but I just appreciated specifically that what if I did nothing? What, like how would that affect where we're at and where we're going? So it was great. It was really, yeah. really good. That's so good. And Andrew is talking about this acronym called BRAIN that I'll go th I go through in the course and I kind of share with clients as well is that if you're wondering, like, I don't know what questions to ask, like they're saying, maybe they recommend this or that at any point in pregnancy or birth, but just asking like, what are the benefits, risks, alternatives? What does your intuition say? And what if we do nothing or what if like, I need more time to figure mm -hmm. this out or make a decision. Right. So yeah. it's so great to hear that you just kind of took that, you applied it every step of the way. And then you, it sounds like you really felt like actively involved in that birth. For yeah. sure. And I will also say my husband was more equipped too, because like he watched the partner section and he had a better idea um, as far as, again, both the brain acronym and even just questions to ask. He was a great support the first two times, but again, the more prepared he felt, the more I think he felt like he could participate in asking questions on my behalf or, you know, he was kind of my spokesperson even more this time because he did that partner course. So that was really helpful too. Oh, that's so great yeah. to hear that. It's like both of you felt more For prepared. Sure. And I was curious too, cause you had spontaneous pushing with your third, how you were saying you're like your uterus, your body was just taken over. And with your first that that happened. So did it feel different? Cause first time without planning or preparing, did you kind of expect it? Were you surprised you were having spontaneous pushing versus the third time having more knowledge of like what this even is? Yeah, it was totally different. I had no idea what was happening with my first. I was just like, maybe I'm dying. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, and with the third, I knew exactly what was happening. And they give in the bump to birth course, there's even techniques for breathing that helped for sure. As far as like tearing, not bearing down the same way that I had for my first, because I had no tearing with my third. And yeah, so I knew exactly what was happening. And so that was almost encouraging. Once my body started pushing, I was like, we're getting there. <laughs> this is good. Oh, that's so, so good. And did you have the same care provider? I was going to check too, because here, depending who uh, your type of care provider is, there's 
could be a team on call. Like, yeah, did there's you a ha- team. There's a team. So you didn't yeah. necessarily have the same provider each no. time or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. it was different all yeah. three times. But yeah, but that's so it's like same place you were giving birth. Totally. So that was not new to your nervous system, which is great, but it was all the other prep. For sure. Yeah. And how did recovery go then third time around? Cause you're now you mentioning five months postpartum. Five months? So what's yeah. your journey been like since giving birth? It's been great. I feel like I have almost like zero complaints or problems. Um, as far as anything, the only thing I haven't really done is go for like a long run yet because I have so much respect for my pelvic floor, but I have returned to running with no symptoms. I have no prolapse. Um, but I've done a lot of the like slow working my way back into like any sort of exercise, a lot of breathing exercises and working on just activating the pelvic floor. And so I did the whole six week kind of, um, postpartum in the bump to birth course. And I actually did go to a pelvic floor PT twice, actually just kind of like a check on everything, see how my progress is. And it's again, been by far the best. Oh, that's so good to hear. And I love how you've mentioned about breathing throughout and because I do think a lot of times clients are surprised of like, I never thought breathing would make such a difference in pregnancy and birth and postpartum in your pelvic floor. Like, you know, in bump to birth, it's like from the very start, we're connecting the breath with your pelvic floor just because they work so well together and getting back to running. I'm sure you've seen like the breath is such an important part for pelvic floor symptoms. For sure. So it sounds like one of the things maybe that you recommend that was different heading into your third versus your others is the prep you did. What would be a piece of advice for someone expecting for the first time, but then also someone expecting for like a subsequent birth as well? What piece of advice would you give each of them? Yeah, that's a good question. So for the first one, I wish that someone had told me that it being informed, like is not, it's not like over preparing. And, um, again, I tend to be like a pretty laid back person. And so I took a laid back approach to birth and I feel like it kind of like sidelined me because I just didn't feel informed. I I guess I also just felt like having a birth plan gives you almost like this, like puts you in this category of like, I'm really like strict about how things need to go. And I, it's, again, it's just not really my personality. And so I went the opposite route and didn't do anything. And um, so my advice to someone who's giving birth for the first time is to just inform yourself about like even just what options you would like to have with your birth and actually think about, I mean, again, you can't plan your whole birth, but you can be informed. And so that would, would be um, probably my, my advice to like someone for their first and someone with their subsequent pregnancies, I would say on, take an honest look at like how you felt in pregnancy and postpartum after your first And what do you wish was different? Because I felt like it took me having two to realize that I really don't feel like these are going well. And again, we knew we wanted a third. And so I was like, what can I do on my end to 
do my best to have like a different outcome, both during pregnancy, but especially during postpartum, um, to be a good mom still to my other two, but, um, and then like make action or take action steps to what that would look like to really try to have a different outcome. Because obviously for me with the incontinence and the prolapse, I was like, I mean, you know, you hear like with a third, it only gets worse. And so I was just like, no, that like, let me be proactive about doing the best I can. Of course, again, you can't plan your birth totally, but the best I can to have a different outcome. Yeah. I think both of those are so great for people to hear and including people who are thinking, I want to have kids in the future that they can even just have this in the back of their mind now to think ahead about. But yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And your clients, like when you go through women's health, your clients are going to be so lucky to work with you because you've taken your experiences and I can tell like they, they will reflect in how you treat your clients in terms of like all these strategies that you're going to be able to help them with to know like, no, they don't have to put up with these things. So that is awesome. So thank you so much, Andrea, for sharing all of your experiences and your advice. And uh, I know our listeners are really going to appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 